Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to I Want to Be A, a show where we walk our starry-eyed job seekers through the reality of how to get their dream jobs or careers. And today we're looking at the profession of a calligrapher, and these individuals create one-of-a-kind invitations and introductions to weddings and different events throughout the globe. And today we're speaking with Debbie Zennert, owner and calligrapher at Blooming Quill, and she does it all. So just to get us kicked off here, what attracted you to being a calligrapher? Well, I've been an artist since I was a little girl, mm-hmm. and I wanted to I wanted to be an artist, but there's not exactly a lot of jobs for people who want to paint pictures on the sidewalk. So <laughs> right. I've always really, really liked letters and the alphabet. And one thing led to another, and I realized that I was able to do something that a lot of people were able to do. And I started very, very small. Actually, my well, some of my very first jobs were addressing my classmates' graduation announcements in high school. All right. I did a lot of work for free for several years just because I love to do it. And there wasn't a big market for calligraphers. And in this part of the country, there still isn't. Mm -hmm. But I gave a lot of work away in the beginning. I always looked at it as practice. And um, one thing led to another. People found me, a couple of mostly bar mitzvah planners found me. Okay. And I started off very small doing, you know, a job here and a job there for very little money. And I worked another job for almost 20 years before I was able to feel comfortable enough to leave that job to become a calligrapher full time, which was in 2001. It's not something you go, you, it's not like something you can go to school for, mm-hmm. take a few classes, graduate with a certificate or a degree and go out and find work out. You need to learn a lot more than just how to write pretty. Mm-hmm. You need to understand customer service. You need to understand how to market yourself. I spent 20 years in retail, so I've learned all those things while working another job. And I did calligraphy on the side. And finally, the on the side part took over my life. And I was equipped with all of those tools to run a successful business, besides just knowing how to write pretty. Right. And do you think that there'd be any education along the way that, and I'm not sure if you got any education along the way, maybe in like a visual arts or something like that, do you think that could really assist you with being successful as a calligrapher? Well, I I studied art in college Mm -hmm. and I studied graphic design in my later years after I quit my full-time job because I felt that that helped me to market my business. There's not a lot of classes out there for someone who wants to be a calligrapher. I I am totally self-taught because I am left-handed. Oh, really? And I'm also naturally talented, which sounds really odd, but I pick up a pen and do this, whereas I know a lot of people who will sit through a workshop in a class and to develop the know-how and the skills. I have always equated my, my calligraphy skills with someone who plays piano by ear. It's just something that with my artistic ability just comes to me naturally. But I also know some very successful calligraphers who went out and did took workshops and did studies and developed a good, a very good hand and a very nice business. So, you know, you can do it both ways. The key is you can't just concentrate on the calligraphy part. You have to understand the customer service part mm-hmm. and um, the managing a business part because 
this is one of these fields that you're not going to go out and work for someone as a calligrapher because there's just that's just not how it works. When somebody hires me as a calligrapher, they hire me for my talent. It's not something I could hire somebody and push some work off to. Right. So if you want to be in this business, you need to you need to be able to run your business yourself. Now, when you were getting started, was it expensive for you to get started with, you know, buying the proper tools and ink and the right paper, or are those materials relatively inexpensive for someone who's looking to just get started? They're inexpensive, but it's a lot of trial and error to find out what works for you and what looks the best, because there's the different pen tips and there's the different pen holders and there's the different ink and by themselves, they're all really inexpensive, but sometimes it takes you know, seven, eight, nine bottles of ink to find the right shade of blue or the right consistency of ink to go on a certain sort kind of paper and the right pen to go on a piece of paper. Unlike other fields, there's not a book written that says, okay, step one, buy this, step mm-hmm. two, buy this. Because everybody's different. And the left and right-handed thing has a lot to do with what tools you use and, you know, and, and how hard you press on the paper and just those kind of things. It's a trial and error. There's nobody that can sit down and look at you and say, okay, these are the things you need. Do this and you'll be successful. It's all a matter of finding what's right for you. Now, are there different fonts, so to speak, that you can learn or are there, you know, just some that are preferred within the industry? There's two kinds of calligraphy. There's American calligraphy, which is what I do, and that's done with Mm -hmm. a pointed pen that's Splits when you press on it, and that's what makes your thick and thin letters. And that that was just something that was that Spencerian and copperplate calligraphy, which was the things you see on the Declaration of Independence, and just in Martha Stewart weddings, she made copperplate and Spencerian very popular. And then there is also the old calligraphy that the monks would do, like the like the Bible was written, is called broad pen. And that encompasses like your old English and your italic and your your more of the diploma type or document type calligraphy. So there's both of those kinds, and they're two whole different calligraphies. Okay. Now, do you think it helps to be a little bit familiar with typography and just understanding how different parts of the letters go together? Almost definitely, because when you start doing this. You don't, and I don't care what kind you learn, whether you learn broad pen or you learn pointed pen, you don't start writing letters. You start writing letter shapes. You start writing your up and down strokes and your circles and your, you know, all of those things. And knowing how a letter goes together does help. Typography, I took typography in graphic design school and found it was fascinating to find out the names of the the parts of the letters and you know, I knew pretty much everything I was being taught in the class, but I didn't know all the technical terms for it. So it was really interesting. But most definitely, it does help to understand typography and how far apart letters should be spaced and, you know, and where ascenders and descenders go and where they should go in relation to let the lines above and below them. Now, we've kind of touched on this a little bit before, but where does a lot of your business come from? I assume it's a lot of weddings and maybe some baby shower invitations. Um, Do you do some of the things for colleges, like diplomas as well? No, because I do, like I said, the American calligraphy, the pointed pen calligraphy, Mm -hmm. my business is 99% weddings. Okay. That's who pays for what I do. 
like I said, I don't do broad pen. I did broad pen starting out, and I think if someone is going to start out, it's easier to learn that, to learn your letter form. But when I did a lot of bar and bat mitzvahs, I did do more broad pen and a little bit of certificate work. But 99% of my work comes from weddings, and 75% of it comes from the East Coast. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's not just not around here. I mean, I grew up, I didn't grow up with it. I mean, I never, my parents never got a calligraphy wedding invitation in the mail as I was growing up. I never even knew what something like that was. It's just not something that is very popular here, though. I do have my clientele here and I, I have, I run in a circle of people that use me on a regular basis. Now, what do you do to get your name out there, especially over on the East Coast? Because we're located here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, I was one of the very first calligraphers to put up a website. Okay. And I put my website up. It was in like 1997, 98. Mm-hmm. I just thought for fun I'd take a web class just because I like to learn stuff like that. And when I got into the class, they said, well, you need to have a subject put up on the Internet. So everybody else was putting their family trees and stuff up. And I, I thought, oh, I'm going to put my calligraphy out there. And within a week, I got a call from someone in California. So my calligraphy website was out there before anybody else's was. And it just got passed around. And now I, I work very rarely with brides one-on-one. I work mostly with wedding planners and invitation designers, those kind of people who Give me my business. Mm -hmm. What would you say are some skills that are essential to be a successful calligrapher? Do you have to have a really steady hand and a lot of patience to go through a lot of the same thing over and over again? Well, you have to enjoy that. You have to enjoy. I address envelopes. Like today I addressed 125 envelopes. And some people would look at you and say, oh, my God, how can you sit down and do that? I love it. I think every envelope I make is a little work of art. Mm -hmm. You have to like that kind of thing. You have to love the wedding industry and understand brides. And you just, you have to, you know, I hang with a lot of people like myself throughout the world. I have calligrapher friends throughout the world, very close calligrapher friends through all throughout the United States. And we constantly share information and, you know, one of us finds a new tool or a new something new or a new trend and we share it with each other. It's the interesting part about this industry is we teach each other. We teach our competition. We share with each other. There's very few people who do things in the calligraphy world that, that hold it to themselves and don't share with others. That's excellent. It's a, it's a great, yeah, it's, it's really a great field to be in because to me, the calligraphy people I know are the nicest people I know. That's great to hear that you're such a tight-knit community and it's really a lot of sharing and a lot of things Mm -hmm. like that. And me, just me, myself, hearing you say that you addressed over 100 envelopes today, I don't know that I could do that. So what kind of um, work ethic is really required to be successful, especially when you're doing, you know, like envelopes, for example, when there's, you know, over 300 envelopes to address? How do you stay motivated? You have to love it enough to stay motivated. Mm -hmm. You do. And you you have to be... You have to like to work. I mean, I've always loved this, and I have no problem putting in a 10 or 15-hour day if I have to to get something done. Right. Because I love it. And if I have a job that I don't love so much, maybe it's the paper's not as good, or 
you know, that the ink isn't going as well or it's a style that bores me or something. All I know is it's going to be over with when this last envelope is done and I'm on to something I like more. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that I I have a studio inside my house. I I have a bi-level house and my whole lower level is this fabulous studio. And I have a big patio door that overlooks the little woods and I'm my cat. And, you know, who could want a better life than this? And, mm-hmm. and if I get lonely, I go, I call someone to go off to lunch. And it's just, it's a great life. I get to create every day. I get to be an artist like I wanted to be when I was a little girl. And, you, you know, you, you can't ask for a better life than this. So what does a typical day look like for you? Are you really only working on one project or at a time? Or do you try to do multiple things? I try to do one at a time, but sometimes that doesn't work. Like, I actually, today is a perfect example of that. I have a big job that came out of L.A. that I'm doing that has a very, very difficult soil stamp return address that they want matched. Well, it's hard to match up in color, flat in color to a foil. Mm-hmm. And I, I have been going on round and round with the customer, with the, the, the invitation person. I'm not working directly with the customer. But that's a, a rare case. Mostly I get up in the morning, I start a job, and I do it till either if I can finish it in the day, that's great, so I can ship it out. And if I can't, it goes to the next day. I also do a ton of design work for a letterpress company in Syracuse, New York. Okay. And so I have to stop sometimes in the mo- in the morning. The first thing I do maybe is to whip out three or four invitation designs for them and get them scanned in and touched up and emailed. And, you know, it's it's just I mean, one day is never, ever like the next day. And besides it all, I, I also am a partner in a, a big wedding show in Milwaukee that's happening in a couple of weeks. And I'm in the middle of running that wedding show so that I kind of squeeze that in among everything else. Mm-hmm. So it really just helps you stay connected with the industry and what's going on and what brides are looking for. Yep. If you had to do this all over again, would you choose this same path of becoming a calligrapher? If I had to do this all over again, I think I would have quit my job 10 years earlier. Okay. I spent way too long working in, in the company that I was working at. I'd love to be 10 years younger doing this. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what I would definitely do. This is what I would do. This is what I was born to do. And I've been writing letters since I was a little girl. I cut them out of the newspaper, cut them out of magazines. And I always made the goofy posters for the football games in high school that hung on the walls. And, you know, it's it's just what I've, I think it's what I was born to do. And there would be no other career. I, I don't look back and say, I wish I would have done this and I wish I would have done that. Great to this hear. who I am. Now, if you were in the shoes of a job seeker or someone who's considering this as a potential career path or just something to do on the side for a little bit of fun, what advice would you give them on being successful? Well, if they can take online classes, there are online calligraphy classes. They need to understand that it's going to take years of really steady practice to become marketable. Nobody can just pick up a pen and and be perfect at this. And the more you do it, the better you are and the faster you get. And it's really the key to a a successful money-making calligrapher is the speed. And some people just will never have that, but you only develop that with a lot lot and a lot of practice. So what I would say is I go to a a calligraphy convention once a year Mm -hmm. and I get, I take little classes and I, you know, just, you know, you just pick up new things, but, but they do have a lot of beginner classes. That's a great place to start. 
because you not only get your beginner classes, but you get your you get to interact with other people who are just like you and who are in the industry and, and you know, you just learn to love it. But that's what I would do. I would find someone starting out in this right now, I think I would tell them to just make sure they get some good instruction and don't expect too much too fast. But if they keep at it, they can they can be successful. You know, I watched somebody go from, from ground zero up to she's fairly marketable and, and she's she's doing pretty good in about four years. Okay. So it you know, it's not I mean you can go to college for four years to do something else or you could take this, but it's a great side job because to me I think it's it's a relaxing thing to come home after your your job and do and you know, eventually if you, you learn to love it. I mean, even I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do this full time. And when I left my retail job, I took a three-month leave of absence mm-hmm. because I just thought, am I going to really be able to get up every morning and do this every morning and go to bed at night and get up the next morning and do it again? And, you know, am I going to, is the business going to be there? And within three months, I couldn't even see straight. I had so much business and I, I just loved it. Just try it. You know, you just got to try a lot of things. And with that final piece of advice, we will wrap up today's show of I Want to Be A. And we have been speaking with Debbie, and she is a calligrapher here in the Milwaukee area. Debbie, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to aljanradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, do send our team an email at aljanradio at localjobnetwork.com. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with Aljan Radio. 